0: But when he's talking about him coming suddenly, it's in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And you guys, look at me. I don't think there's anything right now that is keeping Jesus from coming back. As far as prophetically, the prophecies have been fulfilled. You know what kind of crazy turmoil we're in right now? You got Syria, you got Korea, right? I mean, it's exciting. It should not bring fear. And to us as believers, it should make us, he's coming back, because if this world is all I have, yeah, you can have it.
1: Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. In this live message, through personal testimony and biblical insights, Victor unpacks how believers are to prepare and expectantly await the glorious return of Christ. Additionally, those who may be struggling to believe in Christ can come to a real experience of His presence and His power through the living scriptures. Be encouraged by today's episode to hold on to an eternal perspective and keep the same fire, fervor, and passion of Jesus' promised return that can fade if we lose sight of the truth. Here is Victor Marks with part one of He's Coming Quickly.
0: I pray for those who, they're not laughing because they're hurting. They're hurt. And God, I pray that you would minister. Your Holy Spirit would touch them especially the very deepest part of their soul. Lord, we thank you for your word, which is true, which is our plumb line, which is our... There's so many things to us, Lord. But it's eternal. And we thank you for it. Now, Father, I ask that you would bind the wicked one here tonight. Lord, I pray you put a seamless canopy of your blood to surround the sanctuary. That we would be able to receive that which you desire and lord thank you for the gift of laughter because it is anesthesia to our soul we need it in this world oh we need it so i thank you lord and i pray you just bless this time in jesus name amen amen well i talk about my wife we are celebrating 25 years this year yeah thank you and I'll share a little bit about my story in a, in a few minutes, and you will understand and appreciate why, why I'm always doting on my wife, and I love her, and uh, never I've never cheated, and never been cheated on, and and you guys, that, that's not like a braggart deal. That is a testimony to what God is able to do. And uh, we have five children. Yeah. She's a black belt, and she was former Miss Fitness USA. She had been on 15 covers of magazines. She was a swimsuit model, blah, blah, blah. And then she got saved. And she has such a powerful uh, message to women and to young gals that you don't need to be conformed to this world any longer by the billboards or whatever. And uh, and you don't you don't have to be forming In fact, you just be the... The the princess warrior God's made you to be. And boy, when you're in that, it's a good place to be. Revelation. We're in Revelation. We're going to take a look at a couple of scriptures. Revelation chapter 22. We are going to look at the very back of the book. Revelation chapter 22. Verse 20. He who testifies about these things says... Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. This is the last promise to us, the church, that was made in the Holy Scriptures. That Jesus is coming quickly. The final promise of the Lord is that He would be coming back to earth quickly. But it has been almost 2,000 years... And he made the promise, but he hasn't come yet. (laughs) How many of you can remember when you first got saved or born again, how excited you were about Jesus Christ coming again quickly? Right? And uh, there used to be bumper stickers, Jesus is coming soon, right? And we were excited, and we tell people, you go, you better get ready. Those of you who got saved in the 70s, The Jesus movement, that excitement, that fervor, that passion about it. And then 75 hit, and then 1980, and then clothes went berserk, and hairstyles, and oh Lord Jesus, He should have come. Okay. We made it through a whole decade, He didn't, and then 90s, and then 95, and then certainly 2000, Y2K, Y2Jesus, come back. And now y'all still have... Beans and toilet paper in your basement, right? He didn't come back. And if we're just honest, many of us lost that passion and fervor for the truth. That, that Jesus was going to come back. And then we, we hear this tonight and we smile and go, yes, yeah, Jesus, he's going to come back. But we don't want to, like, really address how long it's been and if it's going to happen. But here's what we have to do. We have to stop and go, it's still the truth. And every promise of God is yes and amen. Because he made it. But what we need to realize is the word quickly here, it's not used in the text of quickly, but rather immediately. Is it immediately? Immediately. No. He didn't mean immediately. It's, you guys, the Lord is saying suddenly. That's the emphasis of this word. That he's going to come suddenly. We want quickly. amen? Amen? But how many would have been bummed if he would have come in 1975? Yeah. There'd been many of us not make the train. Right? We'd be like, okay, go ahead. I want to get in. So, God is patient. He He doesn't take pleasure in the wicked, dying. He doesn't. I mean, He is a loving, compassionate God who's saying, let's get everybody in first. And that's why He hasn't come yet. That's the main reason. But I understand quickly. I understand... Quickly. He made this promise as a matter of fact. It appears no less than six times here in Revelations. Chapter 2, verse 5, 16, chapter 3, verse 11, 22, 7, 12, 20. The first three are in Christ's messages to the churches at Ephesus, Pergamos, and Philadelphia, respectively. And the last three are in his finals message to all the churches in Revelation 22 16. The Lord Jesus has not forgotten his promise. Because, like I said, for all the promises of God in Him are yea. And in Him, amen. So that God gets the glory. <laughs> I did a short-term mission trip uh, to Tahiti. <laughs> oh, don't judge me. God knows my heart. <laughs> Somebody got to reach the savages and uh, <laughs> the surfers. So... uh so I'm down there, and, and everything's good. One of my black belts is Tahitian, and uh, Gerard, Gerard, and he's just this big, wonderful Christian. And he, you know, he said we were doing outreach and everything, and he said, hey, would you, he said, "Shihan, that's my name for the martial arts, friend. he said, "Shihan, would you like to go fishing? I said, yeah, that sounds great. He said, we go fishing tonight. I said, that sounds really good. So we get together, and there's a little boat, what they call it, an outrigger? And We took a couple of those out. We're like, oh, this is great. And uh, we, we get out there, and I'm thinking, well, how far are we going to go? <laughs> and he said, oh, just about a mile. I said, that's a, that's a long way from the shore. <laughs> but I kept asking, where's the fishing rods? He said, "Oh no, we we don't fish like that. We fish with the spear." I said, "Oh, like gigging them, like frog gigging?" He says, "No, we get in the water." I was thinking, "You can get in the water." Uh, so we get way out there, and he there's a battery with a light for. I said, "This is cool. <laughs> we ain't in America. We can night fish." He drops the light in the water and then he gets out of the boat and he takes the spear and he's gone. It's a little thing. And I'm like, all right. So we're sitting there. You know, and all of a sudden he slowly pops back up. He has the fish. He said, there's lots of fish down there. and then he goes back down and he just started this process. I mean, it was pretty impressive. And, uh, and then we're sitting there and then the light, you could see a shadow over here. All of a sudden, I see this shadow going slow, moving real slow. I'm like, that ain't Gerard. I'm looking. All of a sudden, it starts getting closer and closer, and it's a shark. It's a big one. <laughs> and while I'm sitting in this little bitty outrigger, I mean, you can touch the water like that. That's how close you are to the water, and I say, oh, "Please be a dolphin, <laughs> dolphin, dolphin, dolphin." This old boy starts coming, and you know, dang it, I shouldn't have seen that movie because you hear the song, "Donna, Donna." I'm like, "I'm in Tahiti, stop that, ah, la la la." And here it comes, and it came right for the little canoe. And it goes right underneath us, like arrogant. Like I get you if I want. <laughs> I mean, it almost felt like in in the hood sense. It felt like a low rider driving by. <laughs> I mean, I thought this. Oh my gosh, this Vato is crazy.
1: <laughs>
0: and I'm thinking, oh man, I hope Gerard. I hope he got the spear. <laughs> And the guy in my boat in that little canoe, he, he was trying to act goofy. So he kind of stands. He starts to squat on the boat and rock it back and forth. I'm like, hey, dude, you need to sit down. <laughs> you yeah, uh, know, He wasn't from Tahiti. He's like, oh, this is fun. Dude. And I said, you crazy Americans, sit down. <laughs> and he got up and started rocking it. And the arm, the outrigger arm came out the water. And when it came out, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it kept coming. And it kept getting higher and higher. And all of a sudden, he's leaning, I'm leaning. And it was too late. It went all the way up and flipped. Boom. Everything went in the water. And everything dropped down in the canoe. They said, oh, the other one, they said, we got to go get a big boat to get our stuff out. Because it's, you know, it's the it's hard to get stuff. So they could take one person with them. I was like, I'll go. And that other guy was like, "Ah." so he gets in the canoe. And they take off, and it's me and Gerard in the water. And Gerard said, Sheehan, we better swim out further to the reef so we can try to stand. Because we were doing like this. And, you know, we end up swimming further out, and we hit the reef, and the water was like up to here. Just kind of like this. And I was scared. Especially since my daughter gave me a scripture right before I flew out. My little girl, she gave me a little bit of, you know, like the little daily bread one. And it said, fear not, the Lord thy God's is with thee. I was like, hmm, can I have another one? Because, <laughs> you know, we look at those kind of like fortune cookies, if we're honest, right? Oh, well, I don't know. But how about God is going to bless you and you bless you. So we're out there doing like this, and I'm literally facing my worst fear, being in the water at night with sharks and it was a full moon so you could start to see and all of a sudden guess who starts coming by low rider low and I'm like uh, now I just because of my background I'm always packing something I don't care if it's a toothpick sharpened but I had a knife on me and I pulled my knife out <laughs> I grabbed it. I said, "I seen the TV shows, Gerard. I'm gonna hit him in his nose if he comes at me." They said, "In the nose, in the." Gerard looked at me. He said, "Shihan, that's not a good idea." He said, "It just make him mad." And then lots of blood. And I was like, "Well, buddy, you got about 200 pounds on me. So, quite honestly, I hope he takes a bite out of you first." Well, I'm going to stab myself, so I don't have to be taken out in the deep. But I don't want to see this. They could not get back quick enough. I wanted it immediate. It took a long time. But you know what was amazing? Gerard saw how, you know, freaked out I was. He goes, Sean, let us sing to the Lord. And all of a sudden, he started singing, and only like the Polynesians can. Amen, brother? Only like the Polynesians. He starts singing. He starts worshiping God. And guess what? I was right there with him. You know, Michael rolled the button. But I was just like. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my fear dissipated. And the word of God became more real to me in that moment than my need. That's what the word can do for you. Where it will become a life so real, so real for you in your greatest need. The Bible says Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. And although he's at the right hand of the Father now making intercession, he gave us his spirit, the comfort, to be with us while we're here. Have you ever known the Lord to be with you in the most crazy, scared moment you knew he was with you? It's real. Hey, those of you who don't follow Christ, what we're talking about, this is not like mass hysteria. This is a fact. That's why we're sharing it. The Word of God, it's alive. When I first became a Christian, uh, I was actually still in the United States Marine Corps. And I was every bit of a Marine. Hard charging, tattoo wearing, fighting. And I get saved. And I start reading the Bible. And it was amazing. And I started attending a Calvary Chapel. This was back in the 80s. And then after, you know, a few months, they were desperate for workers. (laughs) They said, well, you've been here long enough. You love the Lord. Why don't you You want to help with the kids? I was like, yes, yeah. So they put me together with these little bitty kids, like elementary kids. And they said, you can help the teacher and, you know, teach Bible studies. I was like, that's great. So the teacher said one time, do you want to do it this week? I was like, yeah. She said, okay, just teach on the Illustration, there was a little piece of paper. It was about David and Goliath, which is is such a kid story. I just taught it like I was reading it. And I talked about the big bully coming out. And and I started looking at it from strategic war positions. (laughs) And this army calling this out. And they're not sure if they can. And finally, a kid comes out of nowhere, and he says, you defied, our li- are you kidding me, and he takes the stones, and I said, t- he was running, he just didn't, you, wham, and he, I said, it hit him right here, I said, man, it's like getting hit with a crowbar, right here, I said, and the guy goes, Whoa, boom, he falls, and then David runs over to him, knows he's dead, grabs a sword, and he cut his head, but it's not just one time, he probably had to hack it, because <laughs> this guy was a giant. And when you cut through the tendons and you finally get to the spinal cord, he may have had to use a little one. To just and then he lifts the head up and stuff's hanging. And I'm just into it. And I turn to look at these kids. The kids are like this. The teacher in the back's going, No, stop. No, just stop. And I realized I caused trauma. <laughs> The Bible is real, and it's a <laughs> But I love the fact how when you teach, whether it's topical, expositionally, or when it's the Word of God is rightly divided, you understand what it means, and God will teach you and show you these things. But when he's talking about him coming suddenly, it's in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And you guys, look at me. I don't think there's anything right now that is keeping Jesus from coming back. As far as prophetically. The prophecies have been fulfilled. You know what kind of crazy turmoil we're in right now? You got Syria. You got Korea. Right? I mean, it's exciting. It should not bring fear into us as believers. It should make us, he's coming back. Because if this world is all I have, yeah, you can have it. I mean, the best that it has. Because I've seen the worst of it as a kid, and I've seen the worst of it, what it does to people. So I'm sorry, it just doesn't hold the glamour, the glitz. That stuff has started to fade, and that's why we do what we do. My wife and I, we started this ministry called All Things Possible, and primarily we reach kids who are incarcerated around the United States. We go to... The maximum security facilities where kids are locked up. And we tell them about Jesus. You know why? Because those are future leaders right there. Preachers, teachers, moms and dads. And I believe the enemy somehow knows those who will make a great impact. And he wants to destroy their lives early on. And they get them sidetracked and get them weirded out in their mind. But when they hear truth, they grab onto it and they... It's life-changing. Today, we were at uh, the shelter for homeless youth, and I got to share a little bit about my story. And afterwards, there was this one kid, big kid, waited. And I talked to those kids today about the difference between being hard and tough and how this world will make your heart hard. And when it's hard, you can't receive love, not the way you were designed for it. You certainly can't give it. But, you know, the truth is what Christ can do to a hard heart. All right? He can come in. And I talked about forgiveness. The need to forgive. But in proper context, because I told those young folks sitting there, I said, uh I said, let's just be honest, most of you have suffered abuse. Horrible things have happened. It's one of the reasons why you're stuck. When I talked about forgiveness, there was one girl that just goes, Mm mm, mm mm. That's it's really Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person. But all it does is going to destroy you inside out. And this young man came up to me afterwards. He said, I'm hard. How do I become t- tough and not hard? I looked right at him. He asked me. I mean, it was a public facility. by taxpayers' money. But once they asked me, I just said, well... He goes, how did you do it? I said, the first thing I did was surrender my life to Jesus Christ. That was the beginning. And I shared the gospel with him right there. I said, do you want to give your life to Christ? He said, yes. And the biggest alligator tears you've seen started pouring down this guy's face. He was trying to hold it back. And he just, he openly wept as the Lord saw from his heart.